What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? My name is Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and I'm here to talk with you today about something. Let's find out. So I'm on the gatherer. Let's go ahead and click everybody's favorite button, the random card button. And today we are looking at Keldon Warlord, or Keldon Warlord. I guess I don't know exactly how that's pronounced. Uh, this thing is old school. Let me just say that. So Keldon Warlord is two generic red red for a creature, human barbarian. And this is the oracle text that I'm reading right now. So this is the modern day how this card is going to play. And then we'll get into what's printed on the actual card. Oh yeah, and we'll, we'll go there. So here's how it would play today. Here's, if they were to print this card right now, this is the text they would put on it. Keldon's Warlord, Keldon Warlord's power and toughness are each equal to the number of non-wall creatures you control. Now that I find really fascinating. And the reason, the detail about this that I find fascinating is not exactly the card and what it does. I just love the fact that even in the Oracle text, it references walls. And the reason that that is significant is because in the olden days, they actually had the, there, there were creature types that had their own rules. And that's why a lot of the cards that allow you to modify creature types specifically say, you know, target creature becomes the type of your choice except legend or wall. And the reason for that was legend was its own creature type, and it it was uh, later changed to the legendary super type. But before, creatures were the only things that could be legend. Well, I think creatures were the only things that were legendary at this point. I could be mistaken, but I'm fairly certain that's the case. And um, so if a creature had a creature type legend, then the legendary rule as we know it today applied to it. It functioned differently back then. You can see yesterday's video on, for a brief description of that. That's irrelevant for my purposes here today. But the other creature type that had special rules was wall. And the reason that that's relevant is because Walls are not allowed to attack, or at least that was the case back in the day. So walls could not attack. And for a long time, there were just walls. The creatures were just called walls. And if a creature was a wall, it couldn't attack. And sometimes there'd be a reminder text on the card saying, yeah, guys, because this is a wall, it can't attack. And it was really fun, too, because there were walls that had, like, really strong power. You know, like, there was... um. I think Wall of Blades was the one that comes to mind. It was like a 3-5 that with flying for 4, I think, maybe 3. I remember thinking it was actually really solid, but it couldn't attack. But the thing was, if something attacked into it, it could kill it. So that was the cool thing. Um, so they were, they were pretty great. And so there were, I don't know, like walls were just a thing for a really, really long time. Somewhere along the way, they decided to change that. And so the rule switched so that it no longer was the creature type wall relevant for the sake of uh, dictating whether or not something could attack. I don't know that there are any walls in the game that can, on their face, attack, just despite having the type wall. I don't think that exists, because um, flavorfully it makes sense. Walls are stuck in the ground, generally. I know we, we're dealing with some magical ones here uh, in a lot of cases, but Walls are a structure, you know, they can block somebody from advancing, but generally speaking, they will not move and advance themselves. So that's the idea, that's the flavor, okay, cool. Well, they changed it, and now what would have been printed as a wall previously is now printed as a creature with defender. 
defender now means that it cannot attack. And so we see a lot of cards that have defender that are like clearly, you know, humans, but they're guarding something. And so it's like, okay, that then flavorfully, they will always stay back and and defend. And in a lot of cases, those ha- those cards will have some kind of activated ability or some kind of nuance where if a certain uh, condition is met, they will be able to attack as though they didn't have defender. So, okay, fine. But it's clearly human and they have defender. Also, there are like um, animated trees and, you know, those kinds of things where it's like, okay, they're rooted in place so they can't attack. But if somebody gets near them, they can whack them. You know, like, okay, that, again, flavorfully, that'll make sense. So I say all that to say that what a wall was in the bygone days, so what Keldon Warlord would consider a wall is actually what we today would think of a creature with Defender. So I'm really intrigued by the fact that when they were updating the Oracle text here at some point, you know, at at no point did they review this and go, wait a minute, that should be equal to the number of creatures you control that do not have Defender. Like, that's how I would have imagined that to read, you know, if I were rewriting the Oracle text. But no! It's power and toughness are each equal to the number of non-wall creatures you control. So you could have an entire army of defenders for whatever reason, but as long as their creature type isn't wall, Kelden Warlord counts them. That's fascinating. Um, I also find it interesting that its type is Human Barbarian, but if you look at the card, and we're specifically looking at the 4th edition printing of this, the the type is Lord. It says summon lord just because of the time, you know, there there was a time when creatures, as we know them today, were used to be called summons. So, okay, but its creature type is clearly lord, and that was changed to human barbarian. Now, human being added later, I understand, because there were a lot of cards that were clearly humans in their artwork that were clearly humans when they were printed, but the human type didn't get added and didn't become significant until later. So then going back to the archives and just calling it out and like acknowledging, yes, these are humans. So if somebody wanted to make like a legacy humans deck, if Keldon Warlord fit, sorry, it's over here. If Keldon Warlord fit in that deck, cool, you could run it and it would count as a human. So it would count and, you know, it would get any of those synergies. And if you had a bunch of walls, it wouldn't count them. But if you had a bunch of creatures with Defender that didn't happen to be walls, then it would count them just fine. Crazy to me. Also, this does not count Changelings. Because Changelings, while they don't have Defender, they have all creature types, including wall. So they are not a non-wall creature. Just a little nuance. I don't know when in what crazy situation that's going to come up, but I'm just throwing it out there. Although, to be fair, I don't know what crazy situation Keldon Warlord is actually going to be hitting the battlefield anytime soon, but who knows? You know, somebody might have, like, an old-school janky commander deck, and Keldon Warlord might be a key piece of it. I'm not sure. You know, having any kind of creature with power and toughness being dependent on other factors in play has the potential to be very strong, especially one as general as this. You know, I, I it's interesting because its power and toughness are just each equal to the number of creatures you have. So I wouldn't consider this a particularly good card. I'd be shocked if it's going for more than, you know, a couple of dollars just for the collector value. Because 
it's it's a win more card. It's the kind of card where if this is going to work for you, if it's going to be valuable, if you're going to get a large creature out of this, you already have a very large board state with a lot of creatures on it. And so what's one more fatty? Especially because he doesn't have any kind of evasion. Now, if he had this ability where his power and toughness were each equal to the number of creatures you controlled, and he couldn't be blocked by creatures with, you know, power less than his, or he had um, menace or something like that. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, okay, now we're talking. So you know, that now we're in a situation where you could have a big old army of goblins, but your opponent might have adequate defenses for that. But then, okay, well, plan B, let me get this big fatty down, and this thing is now gigantic, and he's really difficult to block or impossible to block. Deal with that, you know? So that kind of thing. Or, you know, his ability to, like, tap and deal damage equal to his power to a creature or something. Like, some kind of upside to take advantage of him being a big, beefy guy. Because the truth is, right now, kind of best-case scenario, you're going to be curving out, and you're going to be putting creatures down on turns like 1, 2, and 3. And you may have, let's say you hit kind of a perfect situation, and you've got, like, five creatures down when turn four rolls around, assuming that you don't have some kind of way of generating like an obscene number of tokens or something, then you're going to, you're going to be looking at like, you know, a five, five or a six, six, you know, for five with no kind of upside, you know, there's just not much value. There's not much meat there. There's not nothing really to it. And the fact that it costs four just means that it's just way too expensive for what it does, at least by today's standards. This also seems like the kind of thing that I don't doubt for a second that in fourth edition, when this came out, that they, that it was like the finisher for a couple of, you know, like white red weenie decks or a couple of goblin decks. I, I I'd be shocked if it wasn't, you know, a, a staple in those kinds of a set, those kind of settings, because if somebody had. Well, like let's say you have a bunch of little goblins and your opponent has a bunch of big walls. Well, this guy, he could break those down because he's going to be as big as the army around him. So that's kind of cool. You, you know, I don't know. Like, flavorfully, it's interesting. So he's he's the warlord. If he has a large group behind him, he is stronger. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not mad at that. It kind of makes sense. Also, he does count himself. So he will always be at least a 1-1. So he, he's never going to die because you don't have anything else on the field, which is which is good. Um, you know, that's one of those kind of that's the kind of situation that you do see from time to time. Yeah. So I don't know. He's fine. You know, he's fine. There's a place for him. You know, if I had kind of a if I had a commander deck where I, that was designed more to be like silly old school, I'd absolutely throw this guy in there. But not in a situation where I'm trying to actually be competitive. Like, if I actually want to win the game, I'm not putting this guy in my deck. At least, again, by today's standards. Um, so, I, I realize I, I've done all this and I haven't actually read even the, the text as it's printed on the card. So, let's go ahead and do that for a second here, guys. Let, let, let's check this out and see how magic text has improved over time. Well, or changed over time. I guess whether or not it's improved, we'll, we'll see. So, Kelton Warlord, two generic, red, red. Um, up a picture that is just it looks like a it it looks like a Lisa Frank scribbling of Conan the Barbarian. You know what? I'm going to leave it at that. 
uh, for folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. It's not quite as sparkly, maybe, as as you're envisioning, but eh, generally speaking, the form eh, not too far off. Anyway, so he, he's a uh, he's a star star summon lord with converted mana cost four. Kelden warlord has power and toughness each equal to the number of non-wall creatures you control, including warlord. For example, if you control two other non-wall creatures, Warlord is 3-3. If one of those creatures leaves play, Warlord immediately becomes 2-2. So, man, if nothing else, Reminder Text has come a long way. You know, we, we I, don't, I don't think they're printing examples on cards anymore. But, um, you know, that's something that we would find on the ruling on the website. But I don't believe that was around when this was first printed. So, okay, that makes sense. And then, actually, th there is actually a ruling for Keldon Warlord that was from 2008, which I just, I find absolutely fascinating. I love these rulings. They're just so incredibly interesting. Like, where was this being played in 2008? You know, it, it's also printed at Uncommon. Like, that, it, the, that's the rarity of this particular guy. So, it's not like there was, like, some weird fringe pauper instance, because that's limited to just commons. So, yeah, I'm really curious as to what situation Keldon Warlord actually showed up in 2008 for. So anyway, so it's, this is a characteristic defined ability, which is capitalized. That's interesting. I didn't realize that was a, that was a, um, a, a name within the, the rule book. Of course, that was from 12 years ago, so who knows? Maybe it's not anymore. It checks the number of non-wall creatures you control continuously and applies in all zones it is never locked in, in quotes. That's pretty cool, actually. I, I, I'm glad that they specified that. So, yeah. So it's just pointing out that that number is dynamic and it will change from time to time, which is exactly the point that they're trying to get to when they're printed, printed on the card. So they had to reiterate that, it would seem. Yeah, interesting stuff. I gotta say, um... Yeah, this is an, it's an interesting one. This, there are some layers to this guy. So that was a that was a fun little ride, guys. Thanks so much. Also, I'm noticing that the sword that he's holding there, um, and I'll go ahead and zoom in for, for those of you watching on YouTube, it looks very similar to the sword that uh, the Kurgan uh, carried in the original Highlander. So I know that that is for references, or that that is a reference for folks my age or older um, on the stream. But yeah, that's just what I see these uh, spikes coming out of the hilt, and that's just what it reminded me of. Anyway, super cool. That sword is badass, by the way. And the fact that he can carry it in a briefcase, mm, that was just super cool. I want that. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, guys. That was a weird tangent to end this on, but hey, you know what? It's late here. I've been talking about magic cards for the last 15 minutes. Um, well, talking about this particular lord you know, illustrated by uh, Kev Brockschmidt. Um, come on, man. He's a very threatening-looking dude. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. As always, thank you for hanging out, and I will catch you tomorrow. You guys have a great night. Have a good day, whatever time, it is, time of the day it is for you. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Oh, I almost forgot. I also uh, stream live on Twitch every weekday morning from 530 to 630 Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. Check it out. I will see you there. Later.